Welcome to the Spa Girls podcast, the self-publishing podcast for authors. You're in the right place for the best writing, marketing and publishing advice, plus interviews with industry experts and best-selling authors. I'm Cheryl Phipps. I'm Shah Barrett. I'm Wendy Vella. And I'm Trudy Jay. Hello. And this week we have a very special guest. We've got Clayton Noblet from Written Word Media. Hello. Hey, Welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. That is no worries at all. Thank you for joining us. We're super excited to talk. Um, so this week we're going to talk about Facebook advertising and promo stacking. So how to how to all nail both of those areas. And yeah. Clayton knows all about it because he does all that kind of thing for written word media. So it's going to be very exciting. But first, I'm going to read the bio. I was going to say Cher was going to and she was looking at me in panic, but it's okay. I'm going to read the bio and then we're going to get right into it. Um, Clay, Clayton Noblet is a senior marketing manager at Written Word Media, a popular book promotion service for authors. He's passionate about helping authors find their readers and finding ways to sell more books. When he's not helping authors, he enjoys spending time with his family, playing sports and making beverages. What kind of beverages are we talking Ooh, um, you know, I, I do like to make cocktails, um, nice. so I, I dabble with the alcoholic nice. beverages, uh, but I also um, like espresso, um, so I mm. like to make nice. beverages um, as well. Like beverages as a whole, I'm interested in, I would yeah. say. Okay. What about coffee cocktails, coffee-based cocktails, are we? Yeah, um, you know, I, I can make an espresso martini. Um, I find that to be a little bit, a little bit much for me on a typical yeah. evening. Don't have that one before you go to bed, right? right. Do not. Yeah. Do not have that. <laughs> if you're planning to stay up till you know two o'clock in the morning, have that. But so do you casually just get home from work and like you know, like James Bond, casually make yourself a martini, or are Very you? Cool. Yeah, it, it's exactly <laughs> like James Bond, actually. Yeah, like nice. the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, nice. people can't see me on the podcast, but I, I uh, a striking resemblance to Pierce Bronson. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, I was yeah. going to Daniel Craig, actually. I was going to say Daniel Craig. Yeah. Okay. But we would have totally bought that Clayton. So yeah. you know, <laughs> don't undermine yourself, mate. Your secret's safe with us. Yeah, <laughs> won't tell anyone. No one else knows. From us. Aside from that. All right. So let's get actually into the topic of the podcast. Um, so last time we spoke to you was actually in November 2021. Um, so if anyone wants to go back and listen to that, that was a really useful um, episode with um, talking about Reader Reach, which was um, at the time a fairly new program for you guys. I don't even know if it's still called Reader Reach. Is it still called? Yep, yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. It sorry. is Reader Reach. Yes. Yeah. And so now you guys have two more years worth of experience in that area. But um, this time, if you could just like go back and listen to that episode if you haven't, that's a great episode. But so what have you been doing since then? What what has written word media um been up to and what's been happening basically? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, on. yeah. Well, so much actually. Um so yeah, so you know, two, two or three years ago we we launched Reader Reach Ads, which is our ad service where we run Facebook or Amazon ad campaigns for authors. Um, since then, uh, we've had, I'd say, kind of three big things happen. So one, we launched a membership program um, that allows authors that promote with us a lot um, to save money on their on their promos um, and get a bunch of other benefits as well. But the primary driver is a discount on promos. Um, we also launched ready-made promo stacks, uh, which is where instead of going to all these different promo sites to schedule your promo stack where you run multiple email promos in a short period of time, we partnered with other promo sites and then of course, but all 
you negotiate dates. Um, we've taken this process and shrunk it down. It takes about five minutes to schedule an entire promo stack now. It takes about the time of scheduling a single promo. Um, and so we launched that um, last June. Um, and we've just been expanding that and expanding that ever since. We've been getting really great feedback from authors on it. So membership, promo stacks, and then we launched an, another new product last fall um, called Subscriber Surge Giveaways. Um, and this is a way for authors to build their email list. Um, and basically you enter your book into the giveaway. Uh, we drive a lot of reader traffic to the giveaway page. And these readers um, can enter your email list for a chance to win your book. And then a higher ticket item like a Kindle. And then at the end of the giveaway, we buy a Kindle, we buy a copy of every book in the giveaway, we send that to the, the winning reader, and then all the authors get a, an Excel file of all the readers' email addresses that signed up for their email list. Um, wow. So our other Very products cool. are focused on selling books and driving people to your book pages, and this product is focused on growing your email list. Um, so that's been an exciting thing as well that mm -hmm. happened recently. Yeah. So yes, we've been up to a lot, I would say. Yeah, yeah just a couple of things. Say. Just a couple just of a few things. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the promo stacking um, uh, later on in the interview, but um, because actually part of that did get disappeared, I it, it froze. Um, Ah, did end, so yeah. just so you know. Um, um, but first of all, let's let's dive in a little bit. Actually, I want to um so the membership program is that so how much is that? And and just quickly go yeah. into the, yeah, a little bit more in depth on that one before we move on to Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the membership program, like a lot of the things that we do, uh, is born from author suggestions and author requests. Um, so to start off with, if you're an author out there and you have an idea for something we could do to help you market your books or improve your life as an author, tell us because we probably will do it. Um, so please bring us your ideas. Basically, membership was born from you know authors that promote with us you know, every month, every other month. They're, they're spending a lot of money on our promos. And they say, hey, you know, your promos are great. They're working well for me, but can I get a discount? Because I'm one of your best customers. Um, and we thought to ourselves, yes, that makes sense. We should reward people that come back again and again. Um, and so we, we came up with membership as a way to do that. Um, and so we have two tiers. We have the gold tier, which is $125 a year. Um, and at the gold tier, you save 10% on each promo that, your book, that you book with us. Um, and the, the discount is capped at $200 per year. So if you're a gold member, you could make back your, your membership fee and then save $75 on top of that as well. The, the platinum membership is very similar to the gold, but it's $250 a year and the discount is capped at $500. So for platinum members, if you're promoting with us enough, you could save $250 a year on your promos. Um, so there's the, the discount. Um, then there, there are a lot of other benefits that come with our gold and platinum memberships as well. Uh, one is you get advanced access to promo dates. Uh, so if you're in a competitive genre, like a lot of the, the romance genres, sometimes it can be hard to get the promo dates you want because so many other people are, are picking them up. But if you're a gold or platinum member, you can schedule two weeks ahead of anyone else. And so you have less competition and you're more likely to get the dates that you want. Um, you also get access to exclusive discounts that we've worked out with other industry partners. Um, and so this is a really great thing because it helps you save money on other services and you wouldn't get these discounts if you weren't a gold or platinum member. Um, and we have other, other benefits as well, um, like our speaker series recordings. Uh, you are more likely to get free uh, promos as well. Sometimes we need to fill out a newsletter with an extra book. And the first place we go is looking at our platinum members and see if they have any books that we can just throw in a newsletter completely for free. 
Um, you also are the, the first in line for beta testing. So, you know, we're launching new products all the time. And so our Golden Platinum members, those are the people we go to and say, hey, would you like a free promo? You just have to tell us how it worked and, and how, how it did for you. And so we can develop the product and, and launch it for everyone. Um, so a lot of benefits come with membership. Does um, yeah. that kind of make sense? Any, yeah. any questions? Yeah. 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 yeah, no, that's good. That's kind of what I was asking. That's brilliant. That's um, perfect. perfect. Awesome. All righty. So let's. Um, Sounds amazing, actually. Yeah, yeah, it does. Mm. Um, and you said something actually quickly before we we started recording, and you were like, "Oh yeah, no, we can just help with anything. We, we're not. I can just give you any information you like. I'm not. We're just looking <laughs> to help authors." And I, <laughs> which I thought was really lovely, and it's a really mm-hmm. the vibe that I've always gotten from Britain Word Media, like that. You know, you're you're mm-hmm. there to just help authors, and and you happen to be providing some really awesome services. But there's a really um, nice sense Sincere. of sincerity, mm-hmm. yeah, in helping yeah. people. So. Oh. That's really well, thank you. I mean, I think, you know, th- that's one of the things I, I love about working at Written Word Media. You know, I, you know, I've been with the company for over five years now, which is hard to believe. Um, but when I was interviewing, um, you know, the CEO, Ricky Woolman, you know, she told me hey, the number one core value of this company is support the author. And so everything we do has to align with that. Um, and, you know, as I was interviewing, I was like, this is great. This is this is the sort of company I want to work for that really cares about its customer base that is really out there to help people. And, you know, it's, it's a wonderful thing when everybody can benefit and everybody feels good and the company can run. Um, mm. So, yeah, so I'm glad that comes across because that's definitely what we're trying to do. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We had met Ricky um, previously on a podcast right at the beginning, I think. Right at the beginning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, yes, we, we thought she was really lovely too. Mm. Yeah. yeah. She talked about she, how it started from um, help, like helping to promote her mum's book. Her mother yeah. had written yep. a book yeah. and it was like, mm. now what? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's very cool. So did you come from just a gen- general marketing background or did you, like, have you got, yeah. 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 So I, uh, so I was actually working uh, for a, a fintech startup um, in, in Durham, North Carolina, where Written Word Media is based. Um, and it was in a kind of a startup hub building. So there mm-hmm. are 250 companies in, in one building. Um, and the company that I was working for got acquired. Um, and so I was looking for another position. And Written Word Media was looking to make their first marketing hire. And they were on the opposite end of the same four that I had been working on. For oh, wow. Meant to be. Serendipity. Yeah. So I just kind of hopped over there. And uh, yeah, the, the rest is history. Um, oh, so yeah, so cool. it's really good luck, actually. Um, okay. Yeah, really, really enjoyed working with authors. Yeah, yeah. No, that's they're cool. Those hubs, just as a side note, they're very cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's jump into some Facebook advertising. Um, yeah. Okay, just quickly before I do this, sorry, I'm just uh, my brain is firing just because. Um, so, are there in general what kind of marketing advice would you give to kind of like a newbie author just just starting out? Like, what are the main things they should be thinking about from a marketing perspective? Um, should they be going yeah. straight into Facebook ads, for example? to tie it in. Yeah. I would say before you do any marketing and any exposure of your book, it's it's really important to get your fundamentals set first. And when I say fundamentals, I'm talking about the packaging of your book. So making sure that you have a cover that's high quality and appealing to readers. Um, it's really hard to outmarket a bad cover. Um, so having a, a good cover is going to make all the rest of your marketing work better. So number one, make sure you've got a great cover. Number two, make sure your description is, is well written and really hooks the reader and, and makes them want to click that buy button. Uh, once again, if you've got a great cover, but your description kind of appears to give away the story of your book, 
um, or is confusing or, or too long or, or hard to read for whatever reason, then people who see that cover, they go to the page, they're considering whether or not to buy the book. If the description doesn't convince them the rest of the way, then they're not going to click buy. So making sure your cover and your description are, are in good shape is really important. And then, of course, at the end of your book, you need to make sure you have stuff in your back matter that readers can do for you. Um, this is something that, that authors, I find, kind of underrate a lot of the time. Um, if someone finishes your book and they really liked it, they are going to want to support you. It's going to make them feel good to support you. So make it as easy as possible for them to do that. So having links in your back matter. Uh, if you have other books, include links to buy those other books. Um, if you have an email list for the readers to sign up for, have a link for them to do that. Uh, if you don't have any of that, uh, maybe you have a, a social platform that the reader can follow you on. Or you can even just ask the reader to leave a rating or review of the book. Whatever is the, the thing the reader can do the most to help you, um, list that at the top and then list everything else underneath it. And the people that are your fans that really love your book, they might do every single thing you ask them to do because it makes them feel good. So make sure you have your cover, your description, and your back matter ready to go. And then after you've got that set, that's when we can start running ads and doing other things to drive traffic to the book page. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just, I just, right. want to encapsulate because it's a great quote, and I actually wrote it down, and I'm going to make a cool graphic <laughs> with your <laughs> assigned it to you. Even though I love the quote, which is, it's really hard to outmarket a bad cover. I think that's so, so true. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we see that all the time. It's, yeah. uh, it's a real challenge. Um, yeah. it's and kind it of does, heartbreaking because you know how much time and effort and just energy and soul people put into writing mm -hmm. books, and and just to miss the mark on that covering is just, it's kind of heartbreaking for me sometimes, honestly, when mm -hmm. I see see that. It actually makes you yeah. win sometimes, doesn't it? Like if you if you join a promotion with other authors and you happen to click on that promotion just to see, you know, how it's all looking and you see other covers that are just so bad and you, yeah. you're like, how? How is this possible? Yeah. <laughs> Why did you think that was a good idea? Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. However, we can hard. lead horses to water, yes. and we're trying to do that. So we that's what we're trying, trying to do here. <laughs> yeah. It also can be be hard for authors because you know sometimes I talk to authors and they will have you know made the cover themselves and mm -hmm. or made it with a friend, um, mm -hmm. and they get really attached to the cover. Yeah, they yeah. Um, and that's that's totally valid, right? Mm. Uh, like I, I completely understand that feeling. Mm. Unfortunately, if the cover isn't getting people to to click and buy your book. Yeah. Um, switching it out is probably the move and you have to be a little bit heartless at that point. Um, yeah. But I do understand why it is challenging for people. Absolutely. I totally get it, especially if it's a family member that maybe um, has even painted or hand illustrated or something like that. My yeah. answer to that would be, or my solution to that, or my suggestion, I should say, would be to have that like um, printed, blown up, you know, and framed. So you have that on the wall in the office and then you put a different cover on for mm -hmm. you know for the sales yeah. platforms and that way you can honor both just saying i think this That's game the really the really important thing in this game is to be able to take advice yes. take advice you really criticism even but you know from people that know yeah. uh, and that's i think that's something that we, you have to learn very early on mm -hmm. yeah when you're starting out yep that's very true nice. marketing marketing is about failing you know, I'm, I'm a marketer. Mm -hmm. I've been doing this for, for a long time now. And most of the things I tried don't work. And you've got to be okay yeah. with it, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. got to roll with that, eh? Because you won't be able to find the ones that do if you don't try everything. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
And sometimes it doesn't take a big a big reversal or a big a giant move. Sometimes it can be just a slight realignment. Like when you're mm. sailing, it's just a slight wind shift and then you're on onto the right thing. But mm. yeah. Mm. You've still got to be you've still got to write the book from the heart, but you've still got to put your business hat on, I think. Which mm. is Mm, not ever anyway, it was easy. Back to Clayton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that now we've, we've all got ways. Now that we've all had our got that out of our system. So so let's start with let's assume that everything is in order. You've got the most amazing cover and your blurb is on point and everything else is all as it should be. Um someone decides to start with the Facebook advertising. Where, where do they start? Um what happens then? Like how do they do it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the, the first thing you need to do is create a Facebook ads account. Um, and so you can you can just Google how to how to set up Facebook ads, and there'll be a lot of guides to walk you through it. Um, there are also a lot of free resources out there for authors that will teach you how to set up ad campaigns. I think David Gogren has some really good resources on his website. Um, and there are also a lot. We have some blog posts on our website showing you how to set up ad campaigns. So I, I, I would I would recommend that you Google how to set up a Facebook ad campaign for authors, how to set one up for books. You'll get a lot of good information. Um, but essentially what you need to do is you need to have a Facebook account, you need to set up your, your ads manager account, and then from there you can set up your campaign, your ad set, and, and your ads. Um, and so what I recommend people do when they're first starting out with ads is start with a really small budget. Because um, typically your ads at the, at the start might not go too well. And if you start out with a big budget, uh, you, you might lose some money, yes, um, but it can be kind of uh, emotionally challenging to overcome a big initial failure, right? Mm -hmm. So start out small. That, that's helpful for me, at least, right? Yeah. Um, and so you can start out with a budget as small as 3 to $5 a day and just really slowly see how things are going with your ads. Um, and, and the great thing about uh, you know, Facebook ads right now in particular is that the AI that they're using to run these ads has gotten really good. And you know, this year in particular, um, since the start of 2024, we run a lot of ads, uh, both for authors and to acquire readers and to tell authors about our services. We're running so many ads all the time and our ads are working really well and costs are down. Um, and so we, we attribute this mostly to the algorithms yeah. Facebook is using to optimize everything. Yeah. Um, and so there's lots of options that you can that you can use in your ads um, that say Advantage Plus Targeting, where they will automatically expand the, the audience that you enter. Um, and, and this, anytime you see Advantage Plus, um, I would recommend testing it out and saying, yes, expand this, expand this, see what, what Facebook thinks will work well for this ad. Um, you can do the same thing with placements, where the ad is shown on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I recommend letting Facebook choose that for you, um, especially for someone starting out. The Facebook used to be pretty bad at this on its own. Um, they would always push you to it, and then it wouldn't work very well. And it was very frustrating. And that is 100% changed, in my opinion. Yeah. So if you're a beginner starting with Facebook ads, now I think is a, a, as good a time as any to start out. I agree. And can I just say, uh, when you're researching things, just make sure that you're looking at blog articles from the last year to two years max, because things have changed. Back in the day, and I'm talking, you know, because like everything in self-publishing, it's like dog years, right? So one year in self-publishing is seven, seven years. So um I would say three years ago, the recommendation was to have them in the newsfeed only. And so you'd uncheck all the others. And that was sort of like the standard kind of, you know, don't muck around with anything else that's changed now. So just when you're researching, look for the most recent things. 
and yes, the same with any is, books that you're reading on this as well or youtube uh, videos that's a great point because things do change very quickly yeah. on these platforms. so yeah, yeah make, making sure that you have up-to-date information is really important mm-hmm. um if we want to go back to the you want to walk through campaign structure maybe and kind of the, mm-hmm. the different elements there mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah so right. the the facebook campaign facebook and instagram ad campaign you can run them all from one place right and so the, the top level is called the campaign. And so the campaign, um, you can set the budget here if you want, or you can set it one level down at the ad set. And so for the campaign, you want to choose your campaign objective. Mm-hmm. And so if you're selling a, a book on Amazon, um, like, like most authors, you're going to want to choose a traffic campaign, right? And so for this campaign, you're just trying to get people to click the link in your ad to go to your Amazon book page. If you're selling books from your website, that's when you can run a conversion-based campaign because then Facebook will know when someone actually converts and buys the book from your website. Um, But unfortunately, Amazon won't tell Facebook when one of your ads converts. And so you kind of have to fly blind about that final step. So for most authors, you're going to want to be running a traffic campaign. After you set up the campaign, there'll be the ad set level. And so the ad set level is where you target your audiences. Um, and so this is the one of the most fun parts, I think, when you're first starting out, because it's a pretty quick process and it's fun to think about the types of people you're targeting with your ads. Um, and so you can do what's called interest targeting and there'll be a, a little box in your ad set and you can type in interests that you want to target. So, for example, you could combine an interest like ebooks, right? If you're trying to drive people to your ebook, you can make sure that your readers are interested in rebooks, ebooks. And then include maybe a genre or a popular author, right? So if you're a thriller author, you could say ebooks and Stephen King and target those people and see if they like your thriller novel, right? Um, there's also kind of broad genre choices you can do as well. So you could say romance books or fantasy, I think is a very general targeting option. Um, and you can layer them on top of each other as well. Um, so yeah, you can do a lot of different things. And I recommend testing out maybe three different ad sets, three different audiences at a time uh, to see kind of which one responds the best to your ads. Um, And then inside each ad set, you will have your ads. I recommend running three ads at a time in each ad set. And the great thing about this is you can just make three ads and then copy them to each ad set. And so you don't have to make nine different ads. You just have to make three total. And because the ad sets have different targeting, different people will be getting those ads. You don't have to worry about them duplicating. Um, so that's, that's a nice hack to keep you from having to make too many ads. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, with, with the ads, um, you can use a tool like Canva um, to make the ad image. Uh, I recommend including your, your book cover and kind of highlighting the cover in a way that makes it really stand out. Um, and with the image, the number one thing I like to think about is stopping the scroll, right? Mm-hmm. Someone's on their phone, they're scrolling through. Your image has to be the thing that makes them stop and say, hey, what, what is that, right? And after they stop, then the copy, the, the written text is what hooks them and gets them to click on the image and, and hopefully buy the book. Um, so your image, number one goal is to stop the scroll, make it something unique, something that stands out in the newsfeed or wherever the, the reader is, gets them to stop. And then the copy can be something that convinces them to actually click to buy the book. And so in the copy, I recommend including things like uh, like number of stars your book has on Amazon, right? You could put just five stars there in the copy um, as emojis and then include maybe a positive review in quotes. Um, you could also include maybe the, the first line of your blurb to hook the reader. 
um, anything that uh, kind of calls out the the value of your book. And mm -hmm. if your book is discounted for a limited time, or even if it's not discounted for a limited time, if it's just cheap, you could say, hey, get it now, 99 cents, available now, things like that, that allow you to, to use the urgency uh, to convince readers that, hey, I better get this now because this deal might not always be available. Yeah. Does, does Facebook have issues with any of that, like any of that sort of speak, you know, like now? I remember when I was doing ads years ago, um, if I if I was too aggressive with that kind of thing, I would – I would get some pushback and they wouldn't, they'd tell me to change that. Is that changed as well? Yeah, that, that, that's changed a, a decent amount, actually. They're, they're pretty, pretty open to um, kind of, yeah, the urgency, you know, buy right. now, things yeah. like that. Um, where you can get into trouble typically is with books that have political themes yeah. um, or the, the steamier <laughs> romances can be challenging yeah. to advertise on, on Facebook. Um, and so with those, you know, if there are two humans touching in any way on a cover, it can be, a, you know, an innocent handhold um, that sometimes is too much for for Facebook or, or Meta to handle. Um, and so with that, you know, I, I've seen, you know, uh, steamy romance authors, they'll blur out parts of the cover. And so mm -hmm. Facebook says, OK, that's acceptable. But then for the reader, that's kind of interesting because you might mm -hmm. want to click. Hey, what exactly is needing to be torn down? Yeah, it's going on. Yeah. You know? Why has <laughs> so that, that book be cover got a giant, you know, <laughs> sort <Yeah>. of <laughs> ribbon across it or something? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you can use things like that to kind of hook the reader's interest, right? Um, so yeah. it's not always a it's not always a bad thing if your cover isn't allowed to be be advertised on yeah. on Facebook. There are ways around it. Yeah, mm. which goes back to what we're talking about the covers. And if your book is, is in a genre that that the standard is those covers, always cover it to the reader expectations, not to advertising protocol. Mm -hmm. And then for the advertising, you can adjust and like you said, I thought that's a lovely idea. Or you could put like a stick it in a like two. I don't know. You wouldn't want to write too sexy for this ad platform, but you know. So <laughs> Something intriguing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I might give that a shot. You know, yeah, like you know. my last ad got banned. Something like yeah. that. You know, <laughs> you're going after that reader audience. You know, I, I would give it a shot because, frankly, that would get my attention, right? Yeah, you well, know, that's true. That stops the scroll. So, I'd love to yeah, tell you about this book, but I can't. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's great. I'm going to click learn more on that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to start seeing those ads now, shall you? We are. Yeah. Hey, just make sure you give me 5% of the income. That would be great. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so once you've got those ads up, I'm intrigued. So what do you do about testing them? Like, like, are you looking at those nine, well, that's three ads repeated on different audiences. Are you looking at that? You're, you're turning off audiences that don't seem to be working. You're changing ads that, that aren't. How long do you test them for too, you know, like is, is there a period of time where they, to let them bed in or what do you do there? Yeah, yeah. So Facebook requires 50 events for a an ad to exit what they call the learning phase at the, at the beginning. And so when you first publish your ads, they will show as being in the learning phase. And then after they get 50 conversions, if you're running a, a conversion campaign or 50 clicks, if you're running a traffic campaign, then they can exit the learning phase. Um, so th that's how long, that's kind of the minimum I would recommend running an ad. Um, if you do start a new ad set and it's doing not nearly as good as your other ads, and you've given it a, a couple days and you still don't see it ever getting to 50, 
that's okay to turn it off. Sometimes, you know, like sometimes things go so poorly right away that you can know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do recommend trying to let it exit the, the learning phase um, before you turn anything off. Um, and as far as the individual ads go, Facebook, once again, has gotten really good at showing the ads that perform the best to the right people at the right time. Um, and so there used to be a lot of turning off and, and tweaking and changing copy with Facebook ads. And now, especially if you're just starting out, I would really recommend letting Facebook serve the ads to the different people as it sees fit, right? And so you might have three ad sets and within each one of those ad sets, one or two ads might be getting shown more than other ads and they might have lower CPCs than other ads, cost per click, sorry. Um, And then on your ad sets, one ad set might be performing better than another and then you can turn off the worst performing ad set and then maybe apply that budget into the ad set that's working the best. Um, so I, I would look at your audiences and your ad sets, see which ad sets and audiences are performing the best, turn off the ones that are performing worse, and then focus on the, the ones that are doing well. And then with the ads, um, you can keep maybe the, the two best performing ones on and then turn off that third and then try a new ad in, in the mix. Um, and they might not serve the new ad if the other ones are doing well, um, but that's kind of a way you can test. Um, But right now, I I wouldn't do as much discrete A-B testing with Facebook ads just because the the Facebook algorithm does a really good job at showing different ads to different people based on their characteristics. It's not really an apples to apples comparison anymore. Um, So that that can be frustrating if you're one of those people that really likes control and and maybe you were running ads five, five years ago or so and you were doing some really intense split testing. But if you're just starting out with Facebook ads, I think this is really good news because you don't have to be the data. You can let Facebook handle that for you. Yeah, I agree. Um, So yeah, yeah. Sounds much more relaxing than it used to be. Way more relaxing, (laughs) right? Oh, my Lord. You just want to know if you're selling or not, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I don't care about A-B testing. I just want to sell. So if if you've got an ad that's working really well, um, in the old days they used to say replicate that ad and then add more budget to it. But is it okay now just to add more budget to an ad that's working well? Yes, absolutely. If it's working well, I would increase the budget maybe 10, 15% at a time. If you increase the budget too drastically, you could push it back into the learning phase. So I would do it 10 to 15% every other day um, until you get up to the level that you want to be at. Right. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's okay. That's what I was going to ask. What about scaling? So is there any point in you've got one ad that's working um, with an audience that's working with ads that are working and you're happy to scale up? Is there any point continuing i mean do you keep looking for other audiences do you wouldn't replicate the same audience would you no yeah so if you have an ad set that's going well um i would recommend putting more budget into it um and then what can eventually happen is you'll tap out on how large that audience is Mm. so you have an ad set that runs very well at five dollars a day but then when you get up to ten dollars a day suddenly your cost per click has gone up 30% and the ad set maybe isn't as exciting anymore, then I would recommend maybe dropping the budget back down a little bit and then testing other audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so that the scaling can be a challenge because different audiences will scale in different ways. Uh, but absolutely, if something is going well at a low budget, try increasing it and see how far you can push it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's okay to sort of just push it down again if it starts getting blown out yeah 
Yes, it's okay. Um, you know, th there are no guarantees, right? I think there are, we have even less control, as I was saying. So you might not ever get back to that initial performance. And, and that's okay. You probably didn't mess it up. You were going to run out of that audience anyway. Um, so I, I don't think you're going to ruin anything by, by changing the budgets. Um, and hopefully by reducing the budget, you can get back down to that same performance you had before. Mm. Broadly, kind of how marketers in general, not just, just book marketing and authors are thinking about this, is the, the key to advertising on social platforms now is the creative, right? Is the image and the copy. Those are the things that you can make a difference with. Mm -hmm. um, it used to really be the, the targeting and the, the A-B testing and really digging into all the data. Um, but, but AI has really taken that load off of you. And so now you get to focus on what, what I think is the fun stuff, which is writing the copy and, and making the images. Yeah. Um, and even within a, a single ad on, on Meta these days, you can write a lot of different copy variations. I think you get up to five different headlines and, and Meta will choose which headline they think will perform the best for a specific person and show it to them. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, the A-B testing you know, isn't as applicable just because Meta will choose which one they think will work best for specific users. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think uh, focusing on the creative and less on the data and, and the split testing is kind of how marketing is moving in general. I can hear, I can hear literally down under here at the bottom of the earth, the cheering from around, <laughs> around the room of the writing community on that the one. Side because relief. I think for so many of us felt just so overwhelmed by data and and testing mm -hmm. and all of that kind of thing when it came to advertising particularly facebook advertising so mm -hmm. that's awesome yeah Happy to hear that. mm -hmm. it's good news yes so, um, yeah how long it lasts i can't speak to well, right? uh, <laughs> again we want that crystal right? ball out clayton we want you. <laughs> hey I, I hope it continues I, i'm enjoying it but uh yeah this is one of those things you need to stay tuned because things as change long rapidly. as long as meta are making oh money they're gonna you know, <laughs> for them <laughs> so so something you said before was that an audience runs out so is that maybe the one thing that we kind of need to be looking out for is when you start, is it still the frequency? Like you, you start getting the numbers there. Is that the right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So something that you can look at in your ads, um, if you look at the delivery data, um, there'll be a frequency metric and frequency is in the time frame that you've selected, how much on average a person has seen one of your ads. And if that gets above three or so, then it's probably time to change out at least one of your ads. Um, if you're still seeing good performance, I wouldn't turn anything off if the frequency is, is high. Because, um, you know, once again, don't fix it if it ain't broke, right? Keep, yeah. keep going. Working. Yeah. But high frequency can be a reason why performance falls up off just because people have seen the ad too many times. Mm. Um, so if you see an ad set and every ad in it has a frequency above three, maybe turn off the worst performing and then try a new one, and maybe that one will catch on. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. How big should your audience be? You know, mm. you, I mean, you hear in the old days when I was doing them, you know, it's don't get to it past a million or don't, you know, like it's quite hard, isn't it, to, understand, to work out how big your audience should be? Yes, that, that that's true. You know, I... I'm honestly hesitant to give kind of a blanket advice yeah. on, on how big the audience should be. Mm -hmm. um, I do think 
in general, my, my philosophy is, is bigger tends to be better just because the AI has gotten so good at finding the right people. Yeah. So if you're you know looking at an audience that's maybe under 10,000 people, uh, that that's pretty small. <laughs> if you're thinking about all the people that are on Facebook and on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, you can absolutely test it and see how it goes. Um, but I would err on the side of having a larger audience and, and letting the AI do the work for you. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Wow. So different <laughs> than what it used to be. It was like trying to get authors to match you. You know, that was always yeah. hard because all the authors aren't there. Because no. a lot of the yeah. indie authors are not there. And, and so you're like, mm, And you they've know. taken away some of the ones that, that did work. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you're in a genre like mystery, there just isn't, you know. Yeah. Just to clarify, anybody's new to this and hasn't done a lot of Facebook, what, what these two guys are referring to is you used to be able to um, select author pages. So, for example, uh, we've mentioned Stephen King. I think he's still mm. as a target. You still you know, can, There yeah. used to be a lot mm. more. Mm. And yeah. gradually, they've for some dwindled. reason, they've been... <laughs> Unable Next. to be selected more and more and more. The, the author pages are still there, but you can't access them as a target. You can't mm. select them as a target. So that's what we're talking yeah. about. Okay. But that's yeah. okay because yeah, we, the AI is currently uh, amazing, so we don't need to worry about it. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. true. The, the AI is making up for it. Um, there are some other other things you can do with audiences that, that can be interesting. So if you have a website, um, even if you aren't doing direct sales, absolutely put the Facebook pixel on your website. Um, because what you can do is you can retarget people who visit your website with ads to get them to buy your books. So if you get enough traffic to your website, that's a warm audience and it might be worth advertising to them. You can also build a lookalike audience. So Facebook can look at everybody who visited your website and then find people that have like characteristics and you can target them with ads. So people that are completely new, but share something in common with the people that have visited your website. Mm. Um, so that's another thing you can do. Um, and then if you have a Facebook page that has a decent following or gets a lot of visits, you can retarget people that visit your page or like one of your posts. Um, a lot of these things are, won't be available if you don't have a larger following or enough traffic. Um, but these are things that eventually you can start doing um, and are all good mm -hmm. audiences to try out, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you can use your newsletter list to find a lookalike audience. Yes. Or? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 If you have an email list, you can upload it to, to Facebook and you can build a lookalike audience that shares characteristics with your email subscribers. Um, that's one benefit uh, of running ads with us at Written Word Media mm. with our reader read ads that we talked about earlier. Um, we have authors that run their own Facebook ads, but then they also run them with us um, because they have access to a different audience um, because... Mm. Across all of our email email promo brands, we have over a million and a quarter readers now. Um, and so we are able to build lookalikes off of that audience and, and other data points. Um, and so we we have a unique audience that we can target with our reader reach ads as well. Yeah. Do you target them for authors? So you, you get into fantasy author, you would look at people who are interested in fantasy books off your list, or are you are you that particular? Or is it yes, it's, it's a combination, right? So we're testing different ad sets when you run an ad campaign with us. So we'll do an interest targeting, we'll do a lookalike, and it also depends on the genre, like what's been working well recently for that genre. Mm -hmm. um, and so you know, we run a lot of ads. And so that's why this product, I think, has been so successful, is that we run enough ads to understand what's working in all the different genres. And so mm -hmm. we get better we know hey this this targeting did really well last month so when this book comes up again let's try to do that same targeting again mm. yeah 
Makes sense. It makes sense. So a lot of authors, um, well, we've all seen it over the years, have had issues with having their, their accounts shut down or deactivated or something. Do you think that's got better too now with AI and things like, do you think that there's less people that happening to? Um, so with their, their ad account on Meta being shut down? <sighs> I don't know. I, I, I'm hesitant to say that it's gotten better because I still hear people <laughs> yeah, about this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's hard to know for sure. Um, you know, I, I think also it's, it's one of those things where Meta is under a lot of scrutiny in the U.S. Um, due to the outsized role it has in, in our election system. And so yeah. they are trying to be very careful that they don't you know, fall afoul of, of you know, regulation yeah. as well. So they might be more likely to deactivate an account. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I'm not an expert on keeping your account, um, but a few things I would recommend is link it to your real Facebook profile. So Facebook knows that you're a real person and has been using the platform for a while. If you make a completely new Facebook profile, they don't have any data on you and you might look a little bit more suspicious. Um, so link it to your real Facebook profile and then any ID verification um, that they ask you to do. I would I would go ahead and do it. Um, of course, if you want to keep your privacy, that that's totally up to you. But by you know uploading your ID and uh, and verifying your account, you're going to be much less likely um, to be uh, thought of as a bot or a, a spammer by Facebook and, and shut down. Right. Fair yeah. Enough. Okay. That's and awesome. yeah, no, that's true. We've had people asking about how to get them back up, but I mean that's like just you know, oh, hey, yeah. <laughs> try spaghetti at a wall. Yeah, it is like one of my, my greatest fears. So yeah, ha have my account shut down, and then you have to mm -hmm. deal with that, uh, what Facebook calls support, which uh, <laughs> no, yeah. loosely, loosely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think Ain't with you. everything self-publishing, you you've got to you can't let fear stop you trying things because if yeah. it happens, mm -hmm. it happens, and if it doesn't, then and you'll figure out a way to overcome it or you're going to prevent yourself trying things too. Don't let fear stop you doing things. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. It's yeah, the worst case scenario, you, you can't run ads. And if you didn't run ads in the first place, then you're also not running ads. So, exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So is there anything else that you can think of that um, people will need to think of about or consider when they're doing Facebook ads or should we move on to the? You know, I think we, we've covered a lot of it. I would say, yeah. you know, just... Again, coming back to the, the book cover, right? The book cover is what's going to be in your ad image. It's not mm -hmm. just what's on your book. And so mm -hmm. it's it's mm -hmm. the single most important thing when it comes to marketing your book. So having a good cover makes everything else work better. And you've got to get that budget sorted too, don't you? It's really vital that you know before you start what you're going to spend and what you're not going to go over because that can be quite tough too. Yes, that, that's a good point. Having a plan for how much you're going to spend yeah. and you know you're going to going to shut mm. it off, keep going, right? Yeah. yeah. Can I and just ask um, how much good. text you would put in your graphic? So I, I would test it, um, mm -hmm. but I I tend you know running a lot of ads for books. Um, we tend to see that text in the graphics doesn't work as well um, as a, a graphic that has a larger cover on it. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I would lean towards having your cover really blown up and then letting the text in your cover be the primary text in the ad. Mm -hmm. um, but you can absolutely test out um, like a, a banner that has the, the price of the book um, or maybe a, a review that's really short. Um, but, mm -hmm. you know, anything... I would try to stay below 40 characters if possible with the image. Okay. 
That's good. Because it used to be yeah. that they had some a rule. It was like twenty percent of the yeah. image. Yeah, yeah. something it, like that yeah. was. Yeah, that it still... used to really limit the, the how much text you could put on an image, and then that's completely gone. Um, you could have a, an image that's a wall of text now. Okay. Unfortunately, I don't think that rule will stop the scroll. Uh, but maybe if you have the the right text, it's worth trying out, right? Yeah, so. yeah. This book was banned. This book was banned. <laughs> <laughs> like Bart Simpson writing yeah. his lines on the blackboard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think ad copy is interesting too because you see some ads where they've got screeds of like text or excerpts and then others not so much, you know. Mm. I mean, you just, I guess yeah. you just got to, that's the testing, right, to see what works. Absolutely, yeah. The the difference in text length is, is a really fun to, fun thing to play with. Um, you know, we've had some ads where we've had paragraphs of text above the ad and to, to read it all, you actually have to click see more um, yeah. But maybe having that see more button gets more people to click it and then they get yeah, more. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, other times an ad with barely any text, you know, like a, a very mm. short sentence or maybe just mm. available now that does yeah. better. Um, so, yeah, I think it really depends on the audience. Um, but yeah. length is a really good thing to to play with and test out for sure. Mm -hmm. mm, okay, that's cool. And the other thing that I we talk about conversion of the ads, like you could have an ad that looks in Facebook that's performing really well and you're getting clicks to Amazon, but they're not buying the book. What do you have advice for that? Yeah. So, you know, the, you know, as we talked about at the beginning, it's really frustrating that you can't reliably know mm -hmm. if someone buys the book at, at, as a result of your ad. Um, and so, you know, what, what authors need to do is just look at the overall trend of their books, right? So when they started running the ads, what impact has it had on their average sales? Um, and so before you start running an ad campaign, take a look at your past 30 days, 60 days, and look at your average sales, average reviews, anything your ads could impact, and then start running the ads and see if you can notice a lift. Um, it's really mm -hmm. frustrating that it can't be more precise than that, mm -hmm. uh, but that's kind of the best indicator you have of the impact of the ads. Mm. And if there is no impact, what do you, is there, like what I'm yeah. digging for here is like, if, yeah. if, there's, if there's, um, they used to talk about there being a, um, a difference between the ads. So you've got a really well, really good um, ad that's drawing in the people and getting, and then they get to the sales page on Amazon and they're going, oh, this is too different. This isn't exact. This isn't no what I thought it was. No conversion. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that can be a, a really big problem, right? So you can have an ad that drives a lot of clicks and people are just really, really loving the ad and clicking it. And then for some reason, when they get to the book page, they're not actually buying the book. Right. And so mm -hmm. for that, what I would look at is really carefully think about the ad and all the messages it could be sending to readers. Right. Mm -hmm. Is it, kind of giving a hint of a, of a different genre is the description of your book not matching up with what you're saying about the book in the ads. Because mm -hmm. um, that to me seems like you know, the ad is really great, but something about the combination of the ad and the book page isn't doing it for people. So you have mm -hmm. to kind of put your reader hat on and think about, hey, if I clicked this ad and went to this book page, does this make sense? Is this going to appeal yeah. to me? Or is there mm -hmm. kind of a, a mismatch between the two? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. often a and disconnect day. Eh? That's why and it's it not... Be yeah, and it could be really interesting because if your your blurb or whatever you're saying on your Facebook ad is obviously creating the clicks and is doing really well, 
instead of changing the Facebook ad, which might have been my initial suggest, you know, thought, maybe consider changing the the Amazon page to, you know, if it, mm. as long as it reflects your book, as long as it's a not you. Especially if the clicks, you're getting the clicks. Yeah, right? like that yeah. might be, because there are a lot of authors that do testing on using, using Facebook ads for testing. I don't know if that's yeah, something you guys do, but like testing which covers or testing blurbs or changing blurbs, you know, you're obviously changing blurbs around. Um, so I yeah. guess it's, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think you 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 hit on it. The the really important point is that it has to represent your book accurately. Because the mm-hmm. worst thing is when someone buys your book with a certain expectation and they read it and their expectations aren't met aren't mm-hmm. met. And regardless of the quality of the book, you still are probably getting a bad review, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's not yeah. necessarily fair. Um, but it's really important that your your description on the book page and the ads represent your book accurately. And then if, if you think that's the case and your ads are doing really well with the, with the clicks, but you're not getting a lot of conversions, then absolutely, that could be an indicator that maybe your blurb should be changed up to better align mm. with the ads that are doing mm. so well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a new mm. service that I've decided you should offer is <laughs> <laughs> interesting blurbs. Just, yeah. yeah. Perfect. That's my All right. <laughs> um, I like so, it. Yeah, yeah. So let's move quickly on to um, uh, promo stacking. Um because I also want to talk a little bit about the the survey. So, um, why what is promo stacking? We talked about a little bit about it earlier, but what is it, and why is it helpful to authors? First of all, yeah, yeah. So, promo stacking is a marketing strategy that was invented by indie authors, um, and basically, what it is is doing a lot of marketing tactics in a short period of time. Um, and so, you know, on day one, you could run an email promo with a with a site like us at Written Word Media, where we email links to buy your book out to hundreds of thousands of readers. Um, maybe on day two, you post about it on social media and email your own uh, reader email list. On day three, you could have another email promo or do a list swap with another author. Day four, um, maybe more social media posts, and maybe you could run ads the whole time underneath this. And so that's a lot of marketing in a short period of time. And what it's going to do is you're going to get all the sales from all the individual actions, but your rank is also going to increase on retailers like Amazon. And so you're going to get all the sales from the email promo and the the social media posts, but you're also going to see a rank increase, and then you'll see even more sales from that. And we call those halo sales, right? If you ran an email promo one month and then another email promo a month later, you would see sales from both of those promos. If you run them both in the same week, you see the sales from both of those promos and you see sales from your rank being increased for longer. So promo stacking is all about getting your rank to increase and get more sales than you otherwise would. So with promo stacking, you can kind of make one plus one equal three. Um, and so, yeah, so indie authors came up with this strategy. I don't know how long this has been going on, probably for as long as Amazon rankings have been around, mm. um, but it's, it's a really genius strategy. Um, and so at Written Word Media, we had all these promo sites and we know that authors are stacking our promos with other promo sites because that's the most effective way to market your book. And so, you know, we thought to ourselves, you know, this is a this is a real pain, right? Authors have to go to all these different promo sites that are owned by different people, Sometimes you don't know what day your promo is going to run when you apply for one at, at, at a given promo site. Yeah. Um, that can be really frustrating because then you don't know when to discount your book if you're discounting, mm-hmm. how to line up your other promos or other marketing materials as well. So it kind of creates this logistical nightmare of lots of tabs and spreadsheets and emails. Um, and so we we partnered with other promo sites, other promo companies last year. And we've made ready-made promo stack. And so we've included multiple email promos, 
and ads over a, a one, three, or five-day period. Um, and so you can schedule them all at one time and get the same benefits you would if you set them all up individually, um, but it's going to take you a fraction of the time. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's promo stacking in a nutshell and kind of how we've uh, taken this, this process that works really well, but was kind of arduous and, and how much effort it took yeah. to set up. And then, yeah, hopefully right. we've made it much less difficult for authors to pull off. Is, is stacking mostly for Amazon or is it, is it work for the other platforms in the same way? Primarily for Amazon, just because Amazon gets the most traffic of all the retailers, right? Mm -hmm. So if you say you're, you're wide and your book is on you know, Apple and Amazon, right? If you see a rank increase on, on both of the same amount, more people are going to see your book on Amazon than they will on Apple. Mm -hmm. um, so it can help with the other retailers, but typically most of the benefit we see is on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. So, so instead of having to go all the different places, you can just come straight to you guys and it's nice and easy. Perfect. And you yeah. can now, you can now send them to your store as well. Um, we, you can, if you are a, a platinum member, um, with our reader reach ads, we don't have that with our promo stacks yet, um, with all of our partners, um, that's something that we're looking into. Um, so yeah, so you're talking about doing direct sales and, and yeah. running ads. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's something that we are working on building because we know that's something that's really important mm -hmm. for authors. Um, you get that conversion data that annoyingly yeah. we were talking about with the, the ads you don't get. Um, and then of course you're able to build your audience because you get the email addresses of readers mm -hmm. who purchase from your store. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that, that's something that is definitely on our mind and we, we hear a lot about. So yeah, stay yeah. tuned for more, <laughs> more there. Is it one set price or are there like, okay, so there's the one, three, yeah. five days, but are there... Yeah, so the, the prices um, range all over the place. So if if you're new to written word media, um, you can run an individual email promo with us. That's not in a stack. Um, and so are those on the low end. I think our cheapest one is $20. Um, and this is all, it's all dependent on genre, right? So we have all of our reader sites. And when readers sign up, they tell us how they like to read. So if they like to read on a Kindle or they're a Kobo reader or, or anything like that. And then they tell us the genres that they like to read. And so, for example, we have more um, contemporary romance readers than we have women's fiction readers. And so a contemporary romance promo is more expensive because it's more effective. And so it's totally based on just how many readers you'll be reaching. Mm -hmm. Our promo stacks, um, I think they range, I think our cheapest is $85, somewhere in there. And then our most expensive, I want to say, is in the $500 range. Yeah. Um, so there's a, a kind of a wide range that you can work with in there, depending on your genre. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. That makes sense. Alrighty. So I, that's all the questions I have on promo stacking, unless anyone else wanted to no, ask anything good. else. No. So, be, no. Uh, that was let's mine. move on to the results of the 2023 survey, but also like what what you're predicting for 2024 using your crystal ball. Yes. Um, then yeah. we'll be extreme writing extreme knowledge everything <laughs> don't tell anyone else right like yeah no, <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah what, what do we want to start with there the, the survey to me survey. yeah the yeah. survey like the, there were a couple of things in the survey that stuck out to me so um you asked a lot of um, people about their 
artificial intelligence um, opinions and what, where they stood with that. So I'd be interested to hear, you know, just if you talk about that quickly. Um, and then we've got TikTok information. One in here that says controversy continues on social media, which I'm cu curious to know what that entails. Um, I'm always yeah. a bit of controversy. Uh, so yeah, those are the, just the ones that I picked up. If there's anything else yeah. that um, you think was Perfect. important. Perfect, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so the survey, um, so every year we, we do a survey of authors um, and authors are, are very generous and take, <laughs> it's a pretty lengthy survey. It takes, you know, 15 minutes or so to complete. So thank you to everybody that took the survey. Uh, yeah. This wouldn't be without all the authors. Yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we asked them a lot of questions. Um, and yeah, like you were saying, something that stuck out to me this year was definitely AI, right? This was the first year we we started asking authors um, kind of how they felt about AI. Um, and so one of the questions we asked was, would you ever use AI um, to help write a book without using the exact text generated by the AI? So using AI to generate ideas um, or, or story structure, or kind of like a, a brainstorming session and not copy and pasting what the AI has written for you. And 70% of our respondents said they would not. So an overwhelming majority said they would not use AI to help at all with the writing, um, even if they didn't use the exact text. 13% were not sure they, they could go either way. And then 16% said, yes, they would absolutely do that. Um, so that, that, that was pretty interesting. That's a lot of mm. people that, that are not mm. interested in using AI at all to help with the writing process. Mm. When we asked people, if they would ever use the text that AI generated, so really using AI to write for you, at least mm -hmm. some portion of your book, 87% mm -hmm. said no. So even more resounding, no, we wanna write the text in our books. Um, not, not that surprising, honestly, having spoken to a mm -hmm. lot of authors. Yeah. Um, but it was good to see, you know, it's one of those things where AI you know, on, on social media, right, it, it kind of feels like the loudest voices are the ones that are heard most of the time. Mm, yeah. So with a topic like AI, it's hard to know, you know, what's the consensus here? What do people really think? Because I feel mm -hmm. like I'm getting people on the two extremes, but what about the people that don't want to get into a fight? What do they think, right? Mm -hmm. um, so the survey, I think, was helpful with that. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, the, the question we, we asked about AI was, would you ever use AI to help you with your marketing? So writing ad copy, mm -hmm. creating images, things like that. Um, and only 32% said they would not use AI. So it almost completely mm -hmm. flipped when it comes to marketing. Yeah. Um, and that, that to me makes a lot of sense because, you know, I talk yeah. to a lot of authors. Every author that I talk to just about says their least favorite thing about being an author is the marketing, right? Oh, and so yeah. if they help with and that. The yeah. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Mm. Did, did those results surprise any of you? Yeah, they did actually. No. Mm. Um, oh. the, I I would have thought there would have been more people open to the brainstorming aspect, not not the writing. I get that, but um, I also think it's still very early days, and I think that it will be fascinating. It, you know, this is the benchmark. It'll be fascinating to see. What the how next one. how mm. if that changes in future years? Yeah, I, I cannot. So this is the first year that that we asked about AI, right? Yeah. So it wasn't around when we did it in in twenty twenty two, and so I cannot wait for this year yeah. to see kind of yeah. how these yeah. things change. Yeah, yeah, it'd be fascinating. I also think too that the marketing will be will kind of take some of the 
what's the word? I think it will it will get people used to using it, and I think that will possibly help tra- that familiarize them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it will. Although I think um, that my favorite part of writing in a lot of ways is the brainstorming. So oh, I don't want to give yeah, it to something no, else. That's right. I want to do it myself. So yeah, no, totally. Yeah. It's it's it'll be it'll be really interesting, and I think you know it's still such early days, mm-hmm. and. Um, Mm, it, I yeah. think it'll be really, really interesting. There's a lot of fear around any kind of change, and a lot of it's justifiable. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of it's uh, a lot of it is also uh, witch hunty. So I think mm. people are still reluctant, even if it, it's a survey. I think they also I think there's a hesitancy as well to really um, mm. approach it. Are they anonymous with the survey? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. So they can be just. Uh, you can say what they're like. Yeah, we, we give people the option of giving us their name and email uh, at the end. Yeah, in case, yeah. um, they have like a specific suggestion for us, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we never publish what people say, of course not, yeah. right? No, so. of course. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I'm not saying that they don't trust your survey thing. I think no, people yeah, yeah. almost yeah. don't want to sort of are reluctant to, to, to voice say it. themselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there is that. I, I, I just, you know, I, I'm now struggling to think of one person that that hasn't dipped their toe into chat GPT and I'm thinking, yeah. how does it translate to a whole community of people that will do it? Or in fact, in fact, using AI in so many other aspects of the yeah. writing. Well, you know, like, I mean, like every time, and... well, not only that, every time your jolly uh, website, web browser gets updated, it's got a thing down the bottom here that's blowing yeah. at me saying, here, try me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But it's weird using it, right? Like, it's not necessarily, that's the point of it. It's like people are willing to maybe use it, but only in certain areas. Although, that, in yeah. that, the that areas they don't they're like. Not, they're not. Like they are survey, in they're not marketing, no. but it's they're not in the other aspects of it. So I think the writing aspects. I get yeah. that to be honest. Yeah, yeah I know. Oh, I, I absolutely. I'm I'm such a Libran. I get both sides of it. Um, I love tech, and I'm really excited by the um by AI and all areas mm. of our lives. But I totally get the. <laughs> it's like everything. There's two two sides to the coin. Right? Every so, story, yeah. But that's really sure. interesting, Clayton. Thank you for yeah. sharing Thank that. And sure. yeah. man, I. Cannot wait for the next. Yeah. <laughs> next I know. I, I yeah, yeah. So these these responses, people, the majority of responses are from September two thousand twenty three. Mm-hmm. So we are quite a bit further into yeah. it. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So already, I would expect those numbers have shifted. So yeah, yeah. Can, can't wait yeah. for this year. Can't wait. Yeah. We can't wait. And Isn't I also think too, just saying, just to finish off the other thing, I think the more. Um, Sometimes the fear is around not knowing how something works, like anything for all of us, particularly yeah. with tech. When you try it, you also see that what your fear of what it is capable of doing isn't actually, it isn't actually there. So yeah, not yeah. at this point anyway. So yeah. Okay, so let's move on to some of the other stuff from there. So I didn't mention it, but direct sales featured um, mm. a couple of questions in the in the survey. Do you Can you talk a bit about that, what it said? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we we started asking authors um, about direct sales and author websites. Um, and so let me let me pull up the number here of how many authors had a website, because um, I, I think 85 percent of our respondents here 
Yes, let's see here. Yeah, so 85% of people who took our survey had an author website, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's a really good number. Um, I think mm-hmm. having an author website, even if you're not running direct sales, is really important yeah. because that's yeah. build your Absolutely. email list, right? Mm-hmm. I don't I know what those people, other 15% are doing with their time. Like, no, writing. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I, I was really encouraged about the, the number of authors that have a website. Um, and then let's see here. And so the 15% that didn't have a website, 46% of them plan to have a website within the next year. Yeah. So a lot of those oh, yeah. people are yeah. planning to, to get we'll a website. Yeah. 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 So so <laughs> so it's so it's clear that having a website mm-hmm. is on authors, on authors' minds. Um, yeah. and, and a lot of people are doing it, right? Um, and then so of those with a website. Um, 73% are not doing direct sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, so about 27% are selling direct readers. So um, that's and that's a huge percentage, I would have thought, because this is, yeah, that's a lot. That surprises me too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the 27% selling directly to readers, yeah, yeah, it's high because that is such a difficult thing to set up, right? Yeah. There's a lot of technical know how that it takes or a lot of money to get someone else to do it for you. Yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah, that wow. seemed high to me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you think a website is hard to set up, I mean, a store is like, wow, they're oh, on steroids. <laughs> Go ahead to do yeah, this, you, to do the back end, and oh my gosh, right? Yeah. So, do do any of you have a have a store? I do. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just starting mine now. Yeah. Okay. How, how is that? And going? I'm too scared. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm getting someone else to help. Uh, yeah. I we, did one by myself, but but I did did a course on it, which I I haven't actually completed, which would explain why it's not doing so well. But you know, like it's not just the store; you then have to set up all the apps on it and that mm. sort of thing. And I I'm so not technical, so yeah. I you know I mean, it would have taken you yeah. hours, eh, Cher? Days, weeks, days, months. months. <laughs> yeah. So we 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 started ours and got the basics done, and then just got someone to come in, and they're just fine tuning mm. and stuff like that behind the scenes. Nice. So yeah. we haven't started okay. it yet, but we will soon. Yeah. 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 I mean, the you know, developing things on the web can be pretty mm. simple, right? If you're just making a website yeah. for for people to read, even setting up a, an email sign up these days is pretty easy because of all the widgets you can use from the yeah. the email service providers. Mm. Um, but as soon as you start handling people's money, things get really complicated, really yeah. fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I and guess people, that makes sense, but yeah. Well, people also saying what they can do when, in fact, actually they don't have the experience and they don't, um, yeah. you know, they've basically copy and pasted other people's courses and and not really done the work themselves or had, you know, you've got to have some time doing something before you can pass yourself off as an expert, which is something we never do here. So I Yeah, that's I'm with just, everything too, right? Yeah, Everyone's yeah. you know, just yeah. you've got to be mindful of who you actually listen to, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. you really do. Well, Especially with something like this, you yeah. know, because this is like yeah. oh. it's a big it's the big time. And and also the fact that people anybody who invents an app or does something like that, they're clever. They're clever people. Oh, real and smart. I think they really overestimate the fact that we are not <laughs> we are not <laughs> clever people. We are authors. We are writers. Hey, and we're clever. We're, no, we're clever people, in our own way, right? We've got our own yeah, lanes. We stand but Some in. people yeah. can do two or three things very, very well. And some yeah. people not so much. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and, like, okay, 
Give me a yeah. step by step, otherwise it's just not going to happen. <laughs> Go to A and do open tab B. That's yeah, what we want. Yeah, yeah. there'd be a lot of people yeah. nodding about now. I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So maybe another challenge with the with the website is that you know, especially if you have you know more than ten books. Um, mm-hmm. You're keeping a catalog up to date, and anytime you you change a description or update your back uh-huh. matter, you have a yeah. whole another place to keep it updated. Yeah. So, um, yeah, sorry, sorry to be laying this on you, Wendy, right <laughs> as you begin, but you, you it will be more ongoing work, right? Yeah, um, hopefully, yeah. it's all worth it. Um, yeah, but yeah. It does well, that's the whole thing because that the what we hope to get out of it is just that that sense of control and um, uh, you know not reliant on big big places like Amazon, you know, who mm. don't always treat us kindly, you know. Mm, so yeah. um, But we love them. We love you, Amazon. Yeah, just we do love you, Amazon, but just No say. bad juju. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, I think, so is, is there anything else that you want to mention about the survey that's really pings in your mind? Because then that will be our last kind of thing that we can talk about. Oh, yeah, let's see here. The survey, you know, I think the, the AI and author websites um, mm-hmm. really did stick out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that that does kind of interest me every year is, is we ask authors how much money they make and how mm-hmm. many books they've published, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, these are very intrusive questions. And I'm really, really happy that authors are, are willing to answer this because it, it's so helpful because, you know, like I was saying earlier, Authors, it's really hard to compare yourself to other authors. You can see yeah. people on the Amazon charts. You can see, you know, their TikTok mm-hmm. blowing up or whatever. But you don't really know how that's translating to their career or their income. Um, and so, one of the things that that we saw this year is that after about thirty books or so, the the increase in income for each book published um, wasn't as as linear as it was for for authors with fewer than thirty books published. Mm-hmm. Um, so, kind of the the takeaway here is that. The, the most important thing um, to predict your, your income as an author is how many books you publish, right? Until you get to about 30. And then after you have 30 books published, which is so many books, uh, so after you have 30 books published, then there, there's a lot more variance, right? We had yeah. people that had 35 books published that were making way more money than other people with 35 books. We had people with 70 books published that were making less money than people with 50 books. And so after about 30 books or so, there's something else that seems to be driving kind of the income of authors. Mm -hmm. I suspect it's marketing and how Mm -hmm. well those authors are doing at marketing Mm -hmm. their their massive catalog. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's interesting that after about 30, it's no longer how many books you have published. It seems to be kind of how you're marketing your books is kind Mm -hmm. of the, the differentiator. Yeah. Oh, I have another good question because I'd be curious so, to know if it was um, where that money was coming from in their catalogue. You know, like is it is it one particular series that's driving all those massive sales and everything else is doing averagely, or is it you know because I the entire think, backlist, yeah. yeah, or is it the backlist selling that's that's driving that person up higher than the other person who's not focusing on backlist and is just doing their front list? You know, all those kinds of things. It would be interesting to break that yeah. down with the thirty plus authors. There you go. Break it down next time for next us. Next time, right? yeah. Just saying. There we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But when and the now, survey is, is five minutes longer next year, you know. I was going to say, my thoughts. I don't care. Who to see on the spa girl? Sorry. 
<laughs> yep, I, I agree though, because that, that is super interesting. And, and yeah. it, it, we could also, you know, think about trends in, in readership and popular genres and how that impacts these things as well. So yeah. So yeah. many so things. I guess it could become right, an so hour long. Yeah. yeah. And then no one would fill it out. Good point. Yeah, no, okay. you don't want that. No. <laughs> Back it up, Trudy. There yeah, is right. there yeah, there there are rows around us, just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. All right, we're wrong. So. <laughs> I don't want to know the answer to those questions. Yeah. Um, you, can you do a survey that's like anyone who answers 30 and above, you click this button and you go to the next level of the survey? Oh, like, my goodness. Yeah. And then yeah, it doesn't yeah, take yeah. No, everyone as long. I, I used to work a, for a market research company. Yeah, and trust say, me, the shorter it is, the more important you'll get people to answer. Yeah. I was just about to say that, Cheryl. If Cheryl, if anybody knows about this, it's Cheryl. <laughs> All right, I'll stop now. All right, okay, you awesome. can stop now. Um, so, Clayton, this is the end of the interview, and I just want you to give some kind of piece of gold advice mm, for people no out pressure. there listening. No pressure, but it has been. to be gold. And, <laughs> We've had gold you know, all what, the way through, though. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah. So, anything oh, you want to leave our readers with is maybe platinum. Goal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's uh, you know, it's a good question. I think we've talked about a, a lot of good stuff here. Mm. What I what I would like to say is I would recommend authors try doing a free promo and giving away a book for free. Mm -hmm. um, I talk to a lot of authors, especially newer authors um, that have never run a free promo. And I, I totally get it. After you write a book, yeah. giving it away for free, you know, even for a limited period of time, it's not an appealing thing, um, but it, it really works. We have a lot of authors that run a lot of free promos with us. Mm -hmm. It gets so many readers into your world, into your books. Mm -hmm. um, and then after they read that book one and they like it, they're so much more willing to pay full price for other books that you might have or sign up for your mailing list. Yeah. Um, it can really go a long way. And the reach that a free promo gets you is is just, it's it's unbeatable, right? A paid promo mm -hmm. isn't going to get you that that same level of reach. Mm -hmm. um, you might make more immediate revenue from a, you know, a $4.99 promo or a $2.99 promo, something like that. Um, but if you haven't tried a free promo, give it a try, see the results, and then you can decide what your strategy is going to be going into the future. Um, but I, if you haven't tried a free promo, Please give it a shot. Yeah. There's a reason so many authors do them. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Great piece of advice. Yeah, perfect. Awesome. So if someone wants to run a promo with written read, uh, written word media or wants to email you, <laughs> find you, stalk you. Um, <laughs> joking. Joking, yeah. joking. No one stalk Clayton, please. Um, where, where's the best place to find out yeah. more? Absolutely. Just go to writtenwordmedia.com. Um, we've got a great blog um, where you can read the, the survey results and our, our publishing predictions for the year and, and a lot of other information like how to run Facebook ads as well. Um, and you can, of course, uh, purchase your promos on writtenwordmedia.com as well. Um, and then I always tell authors, don't hesitate to fill out the contact form if you have any questions or suggestions. Um, sometimes if you're newer to book marketing, um, all the different promo options can be a little overwhelming. And so I always tell people, just send us a link to your book and say, hey, what would you suggest? And we've got a great team of people that know a lot about book marketing, and they'll send you a very kind response with some different options for you. Um, so if you're unsure about anything, don't hesitate, shoot us an email, and we'll definitely help you out. Um, so writtenwordmedia.com is a place to go. You can also follow us on TikTok at writtenwordmedia if you want to hear me giving out book marketing advice. Um, so, yes, awesome. that's another place you can go. Awesome. Totally going there after this. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> awesome. And where can we be found, Sha? So we can be found if you go to our show notes at spargirlspodcast.com. We'll make sure the links are uh, 
what we talked about today are in here as long with our previous episodes with Clayton, Grant and Ricky. Um, and if you'd like to come and join our community at Patreon, we're at Spa Girls Podcast on Patreon. Uh, and if you'd like some author coaching, we are here ready to give you a little boost to your publishing strategies for 2024. So that's all all the information on that is on Patreon forward slash Spargirls Podcast. Awesome. Nice. Thank you very much. And thank you to everyone. Thank you to Clayton, obviously. Um, but thank you to everyone who's been listening to this, this episode today. We are privileged to have you with us and we will be back again next week with another episode of the podcast. But for now, farewell. Bye. Farewell. Bye. Bye. Bye.